0: coming to you from the foot of the majestic
1: rocky mountains denver colorado it's the savage cast a savage worlds podcast brought to you by the rocky mountain savages here are your hosts chris savage mommy fox and christopher savage bull landauer
2: This is episode 30 of The Savage Cast. The Savage Sign with Brian Reeves and Aaron Acevedo. The second in a two-part series on the new Savage Sign Kickstarter. Brian, welcome aboard, senor. Yes. Hello. This is this is actually kind of a, a really kind of uh, auspicious that you're on this project. But, um, uh, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, Brian Reeves, he worked on Buccaneer with us.
0: Yes, I did. Right? So that the, was a pretty... That was a pretty exciting opportunity.
2: Yeah, it, 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 we're, we're in an interesting position now, because like we, we we're one of the last uh, ki- uh, kickstarted and put out, you know, Savage World settings before Swade came out, and so now we're like, oh, do we have to go back and redo everything? Do we, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, we're, we're like, we we, we yeah. just we just put out the first group of, of adventures. We got a whole like two or three more different groups of adventures to come out. And we're like, oh no, now we got to go back and restat stuff and reedit and the. Um,
0: yeah, I think that happened to a lot of people. I I,
2: I love the new changes. Um, yeah, let, let's talk about it. The um, <laughs> we do too. Like that's that's kind of a cool thing. You know, for someone we know we work with, the um, uh, people are talking about like well. It, I there were some some cheeky uh, monkeys online that were kind of complaining about, oh my God, Pinnacle is, they only made minor changes and they're charging 40 bucks for this book and wah, wah, wah. And, and I look at that question, I'm like, wait a minute, it's been a decade basically since the last time. 40 bucks over 10 yeah. years, really? You, you don't have one Starbucks drink a year to, to, to pay for Pinnacle? And I, I, I see the changes <laughs> as evolutionary versus revolutionary, but it's a, it's a different game. It is worth picking up this book because they, the way the changes work, they're, they're integrated. They change the Benny economy significantly. Um, you know, it, it, it plays as a different game. But it's not, it's not obnoxiously different like the way D&D did things where it's actually a different yeah. game. It is not a – it is, you know – d-
0: Yeah, there's, there's at least backwards compatibility. The, the stuff that you have already will still work. You might need to t- make a couple of tweaks – in the moment as you play the game, it's not gonna be anything that is going to like you said, D and D was radically different from edition to edition. Um, and that's happened to a, a couple of other games, I believe. Uh, to the point where you really couldn't use previous material too too easily anyway. But with Savage World, it seems like you'll be able to do that.
2: Right. And 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 like, you know, yeah, the only thing in my view that really was kept, you know, the same on the D and D editions was the name D and D. Um, you, know, you, yeah. could have, you could have called it it's something 20. else, right? Yeah, and um, right. you know, and obviously that that you know, the, the, it's worked for their company. They've they've made a fortune doing it. But you know, in in, in other respects, I think a game like Savage Worlds, uh, okay. if people were expecting something radically different, it, it wouldn't be Savage Worlds anymore, right? I mean, you know, the, right. the, 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 a lot of what we like about Savage Worlds is is not how much the rules are intrinsic to one setting. Where D has always been very evocative of fantasy. You know, they've they have tried to say, "Okay, well, what does fantasy play look like in this decade?" You know, and that's I think why why some people criticize one of the additions as being World of Warcraft on paper. Because it was. That, that's what that's what fantasy play was like during those years. That that was the the, the, the prime product yep. of how people interacted with fantasy. But Savage Worlds does not just have one genre so it is appealing because it's a rule and adjudication system in and of itself and when they I think when Pinnacle asked that question well what does Savage Worlds look like in this decade versus the last decade they came with a, a different system with with updates but you know they're not, not nearly as obnoxiously different uh, some of them are very profound I mean I think the ability to spend a Benny to get more power points changes magic's relationship with everything in the game w- versus where it was. You know, that is a fundamentally yeah. different change on what's available and how those games are going to play and how many points, you know, and a lot of the a lot of the powers are now worth a lot less fewer points. They are much cheaper to buy. So, the ability to sling magical effects out into the world Profoundly different now than, it, than than the last edition, and and you know there are seven or eight other things that are like that. Where small change, small little change, you can spend a Benny on blank. You know, it fundamentally changes the the, the game, but not not in a way that it's no longer the same game. It's it's recognizable as right. You
0: know, yeah. The the um, the way they got rid of charisma is a is an example of a, of a large change, but I feel like it was a, a good one. I was particularly excited by the changes to the chase rules. I've always had a difficult time with the previous versions of the chase rules, and I always just sort of did my own thing anyway. Um, that was a lot closer to what they're doing now with um, with with the different uh, zones, almost, that you move through um, pretty much how I've run chases for a long time. Right. But I was pretty excited about that.
2: And, and, and then the, someone asked a very interesting question. I think it was one of the, the Sigil guys. um I know it was on the, the, the Savage Worlds Facebook group uh, Discord, and, and they asked Fox and I um, like two days ago. They're like, hey, guys, as long as we've got you on the phone, we'll talk about Buccaneer a bit. But like um, how involved were Fox and Landauer in the creation of Suede? Because there's definitely a lot of things I'm noticing from Buccaneer that appear to be rules in Suede now. And um, you know, we, we told him like, well, you know, we've play tested, but yeah, not really much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, we 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 weren't on the ground. We didn't write. We you know we didn't get paid to write for the core book. We did get paid to write for the World Builders Guide. Um, obviously, that was that was a fun and amazing opportunity. Um, but you know, we had Shane on before the Kickstarter, and he said, well, you know, I, I looked at Buccaneer and and, and um, you know and saw how you guys tried to do ship to ship combat, and that influenced how we did chases. Which ironically, he was talking about the version of chases. That is not in the book now, that, right? That it was, yep. you know, um, the first the first uh, Ace got our hold of the Kickstarter, the uh, and, and the backers too. The backers got to see that version, um, and Shane to completely modularly like pop that out, put in a new, you know, totally different concept. And I think that's kind of a cool thing. When I saw Shane do that, um, I know some people were like, "Oh my god, you! How can you do this? It's totally different." I'm like, that that I think empowers people to be modular in the rules systems that they bring to Savage Worlds. And you kind of mentioned that about, oh, no, I run Savage Worlds, but I never really liked the chase rules as they were written earlier, so I just did something different. And I think mm-hmm. Savage Worlds allows that in a way that other systems that are a little more entrenched in the th- the theme of whatever they're running just can't. You can't mm-hmm. be modular with those because everything has to Agreed. speak to theme. So. Uh-
0: yeah, I ran, well, just like everybody else, I ran D&D, third edition, for many, many years. And one of the things I discovered about it was how difficult it was to come up with house rules because everything was so um, uh, rooted into each other. All these different systems um, had links in ways that weren't always obvious. And so if you try to come up with some kind of zany new house rule, it was going to mess up something somewhere, multiple things usually. But Savage Worlds is a lot more uh, compartmentalized in, in, a, in a sense. and It's a lot easier to mess with, which is great from a DM's perspective,
2: GM. Right. I 100% agree. So we're, we're going to give you a little, we, we forgot to do all of our wonderful introductory questions. So I was just thinking that I'm, okay, like, yeah. I'm like, we should probably ask this. Right, we, should, we should interview. We know Brian, but they don't know Brian. So, uh, Brian, how did you get into role-playing? What is your first memory of getting into the hobby?
0: Uh, Well, I was 10 years old. It was 1981, and my dad, uh, who was really big into war games at the time, things like um, Panzer Blitz and all these things, right, he hung out at a lot of game stores, and he saw this new, relatively new game coming out that he thought his 10-year-old son would like, and so he bought me a copy of the uh, AD&D Player's Handbook and the Monster Manual, and I think it was maybe a year later or so I got the, the red box, so I've been in gaming for a long time. <laughs>
1: yeah. And how did you... All the way uh, through the 80s. How, how did you find your way down the path to Savage Worlds?
0: Uh, well, pretty much through the 80s, it was D&D. At some point, it transitioned into uh, Call of Cthulhu, And then, in 1990, the, this little company called West End Games came out with a game called Torg. And it completely changed how I saw role-playing games, Um, the way you structure adventures and and what you could do with them and and how um, cinematic they could be. And we played Torg for pretty much the entire 90s, almost without exception. Uh, I had a campaign that I ran that stretched for many, many years. Um, And so that kind of changed everything. I was just not quite satisfied with D&D anymore. I mean, when 3rd Edition came out, i I was all in like everybody else but there was always something that didn't quite sit right with me and so sometime around i want to say about 2005 i was looking for some other kind of game that i could run that would be easier to to learn easier to teach easier to use and i was looking around all over the internet and and savage worlds kept being mentioned at the time it was a pretty small almost a niche kind of game it was still in its infancy in a way but I, i adapted it and um <clears throat> excuse me and then uh one of my first successful forays into savage worlds was to convert my old favorite game torg into savage worlds and that was also the first time that I really got into um creating content for a game and putting it out there other than just bringing it for my my group and then just leaving it on a hard drive somewhere so you can actually still find my savage worlds torg conversion out there and I feel like that was kind of my way in in some ways into, um, into writing content for games I did a bunch of, of uh, Savage World stuff it's all available on a home on a, old blog still um, one of these days I'd like to uh, update some of it to the new suede rules
2: yeah give us the address give us the address of your blog uh,
0: it, well for now until one day I, I think I might change it but for now it's getsavaged.blogspot.com. dot blogspot dot com Nice An old blogger address, <laughs> right? Hey, and it's got it's, a bunch of little things there,
2: right? It still works, and, and and you know, going back and pulling up that stuff, the um, mm-hmm. uh, it is good, and, and you're not you're not alone in, in the community. I mean, we see people like I think just even today, Christian Serrano finally put out his Savage Worlds Eberron conversion. And uh, he contacted uh, Wizards of the Coast and got permission to put that out as just a fan product. And uh, so it's just one of those things where, you know, I I was was trying to, you know, look at it this morning when I had about five minutes between uh, errands. And um, just wonderful that, 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 you know, people are, the things they've been working on that only really saw their tables, only really saw their gaming groups are now being able to be, oh, no, there's a thousand, thousand person, you know, Savage World community out there uh, that would love this content. So I think it's an exciting time to be a, a creator in Savage Worlds.
1: And we kind of talked to one of the other guys about swag and, and how that's going to help get these people out there who can do some publishing on their own and then maybe eventually, you know, become aces because, because, Mm -hmm. you know, swag is out there now for people to, to be putting things up.
0: I love that idea. I think it's a really wonderful thing. Um, giving people the opportunity to create content and maybe even make a buck or two on it, you know, um, and just sort of contribute something. I think it's just great. I've seen several game companies doing it. For example, Torg Trinity has their own as well. Um, yeah, I'm all for that.
2: Right. The uh, well, I think um, have you worked with Daryl Hayhurst on Torg. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming out to, to Genghis. So one of these days we'll have to get you out here.
0: Get me out there, <laughs> yeah. If only I teach college English, unfortunately. So my uh, my job is kind of locks me down here, unfortunately, except for the summers.
2: Well, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a funny theme because one of your uh, fellow uh, compatriots uh, on the sigil sign uh, is a professor. Um, we just talked yeah. to him, So the uh, they're in they're, Miami. Yes, I'm very so, well, jealous. <laughs> where, where are you based out of?
0: I'm I'm up in Vancouver, Washington, which is basically right across the river from Portland, Oregon. So, okay, we're part of Portland, greater uh, Portland metro area, I guess you could say.
2: Nice. I could be in
0: downtown Portland in ten minutes in my car. So, oh, nice. For all practical purposes, I live in Portland.
2: Well, we'll we'll have to help you. We'll have have to hire your expertise for our SWAT um, uh, game because. One of the funny little conceits we're doing, um, we're we're doing, you know, it's it's fantasy meets cops, uh, you know, so police procedurals and reality TV meets fantasy properties. And obviously we're doing a big one on on Middle Earth, but our one Mm -hmm. that's set in, and that's kind of set in a a re-envisioned New Zealand, you know, kind of on the bottom of the earth uh, with all the crazy uh, uh, Aussies and and New Zealanders. But the the games, the the settings and the the plot point we're setting in America, one of our, our Major locations, um, and Fox thought of this up was hilarious. Is um, because everything is really, you know, almost like oh, there's so many procedurals and cop movies that are actually just filmed in Vancouver. And so Vancouver stands in for like everything else, you know, San Francisco, New York, LA, right? Vancouver. And um,
0: that's that's Vancouver, British Columbia, though.
2: Oh, right, right. right. But yeah, you're close enough. Right there, yeah, they're only yeah. a couple, a couple thousand miles away. But the, uh, yeah, it's all the Pacific. <laughs> it's actually the Pacific Northwest, right? And um, yep. so the, we, we, we figured the, um, it'd be funny to, to do a mashup and just call it San Vancouver. And, and that would yeah. be the actual like the megalopolis that we set a bunch of those kind of you know the dirty Harry's and um, some of the, the Asian movies that are uh, <laughs> yeah. you know clearly not uh, filmed in Detroit or New York you know there's like you can see the the, the was it the Cascades or right? the, the mountains behind the city and the the, yes, yeah. the Cascades right so yeah. you know you're close enough you're, you're probably the best we got you know, we already actually we <laughs> love what you did for Buccaneers so um, if you remember what was uh, what did contribute to Buccaneer?
0: I contributed an adventure. It was the one where the, the, the heroes have to go onto an island and, and find some shackles somewhere that they can bring back yep. to the, yep. I- their captain.
1: Yeah, and, and right. I, we actually uh, yeah. That, you, we used your adventure when we ran our Kickstarter backer game as as part of the inspiration for that game. Uh, we tweaked you know we tweaked a few things for time and stuff, but yeah, your your adventure was the basis of that uh, Kickstarter game.
2: Yeah, for the, the the luxury backers who got the uh, special game, like Shane Hensley was in that game, and yeah, um, so yeah, no, you're, you're you're writing was that the one where.
0: I saw something where where Shane Hensley got to play that one, and, and it was sort of a, a moment of personal pride.
1: Yeah, but it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it was
0: like, are you kidding me? How great is that?
1: Yeah, it it, it was one of those games that kind of I, I won't say went off the rails, but with with the role players that we had in there, and we also had some really really potent and like awful tasting moonshine. Yeah, uh, so we, it was it, it was Grog. kind of uh it was kind of just uh, uh, one of those games because of the role players it just kind of. You just rolled with it and went with the flow right. of of what they were doing around the table and it made it easier for for us running it um because it was really it ran itself that was all characters because we had it was shane hensley his wife michelle um
2: uh, a local guy here tim and john pennington yep. and Wen rachel and i was playing in that game and i'm crazy yeah and Gilbert and, oh and Gilbert oh my god Gilbert was in that game yes so it that game was crazy <laughs> um and you know none of us were sober so it just you Know it, it was a, an appropriate pirate game for yeah it was uh, to that so we want to thank you for being the the uh, the crown jewel in our Genghis uh, thank you oh, to the backers welcome. for Buccaneers. so
1: and and we want to get to one one of the you know one of the keys for all the interviews we're doing today and that is um, you know for Savage Sign what did you contribute and, and what is your part in in the Kickstarter and the first. Uh, issue of Savage Sign. Let's talk about that a little uh, bit.
0: Great. Uh, so I've, I've helped out a little bit with the um, virulent um, um, mini setting that is going to be coming out. I did some of the creature um, write-ups for that. I also have a shortage of uh, sword and sorcery adventure that is going to be included in this one. Um, and uh, then for the next issues, I'm hoping to have a couple of many settings of my own
2: included as well. Nice. So, 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 give us a sneak peek on anything either fluff or mechanics wise for so We haven't heard much about the Virelins one yet. Yeah, we heard about um,
1: the others, but this one, nobody really talked about this one very yeah, much. Yeah. So, give
2: us something that you you hmm. enjoyed working on or want to want a sneak peek.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't. I honestly don't know how much I can say. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so I don't want to give anything away too much, but I did something a little different with vampires. We talked about it. Um, instead of just having them be a um, another disease, blood-borne disease, uh, I, I decided to go with a little bit of a different route, inspired in part by some books that I used to love back in, in the 90s, these necroscope books. Um, the vampires, instead, are a um, uh, a symbiote of, of a sort. They're kind of a parasite that gets, that worms its way into your brain stem, basically. And seizes control of your body, um, so we did something a little bit different with that um it It made some uh challenges when it came to coming up with the um, uh, the way that it can spread. We had to kind of revise that a little bit, but um in the end, it worked out i think rather well
2: Wow, that's a really cool fresh take i have I have yet to to see that version yeah and, I'll be excited
1: uh, to get be excited to get the magazine in my hand so I can you know read more about it. Yeah,
2: and uh, tell us tell us a little about um, the sword and sorcery It's going to be in the first version and the first uh, uh, episode deal magazine volume volume. Well, oh.
0: sure. Uh, it's a it's a one shot scenario. You don't need really anything other than the main rules. Although when I originally wrote it, it was for beasts and barbarians, which I ran quite a few times at a, a local event that would happen in Portland um, on uh, monthly. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, so this was originally for Beasts and Barbarians. It took all the content out for Beasts and Barbarians to make it much more um, setting neutral. Uh, and in that one, the heroes are in sort of a desert um, part of whatever world that they're they're in, and they end up helping out a, a, uh, a prince who basically is uh, having some. Some trouble with a, a nearby sorcerer who has kidnapped his bride-to-be. And that's basically the setup, um, and they have to chase down the sorcerer elsewhere in the desert.
2: Nice. First Gimp the Mage, right? <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, give us a, a little, if you can, um, uh, what can we expect from your mini setting, or actual um, setting that's going to be in the second edition?
0: Well, uh, I'm still working on them. They are um, sort of in the their infancy at the moment, uh, so a lot can probably change. But, but um, one of the ones that I'm 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 hoping to get in into a future um, uh, edition of Savage Line is one that's sort of inspired a little bit by uh, the movie Battle Royale or the Hunger Games, where the um, the the players their characters. Uh, are participating in sort of a, a blood sport of sorts in a uh, um, a place that can uh, use hard light and other kinds of high technology in order to restructure the, the battlefield. And so um, that's one of the things that I'd like to um, get into a future edition of Savage Sign. I'm working yeah, on that yeah, right
1: Battle Royale now. is such a great movie. Right.
0: And it takes it takes a uh, little bits of that movie, maybe a little bit of you know Fortnite ish kind of um, ideas. Um, um, the the old novels, Dream Park. I don't know if anybody's familiar with those. Oh, I love but, Dream
1: Park. Larry Niven. Right. i I right. I've thought yeah. I thought many many times that Dream Park would make a really cool Savage setting.
0: I think so too. So it's a little bit inspired by kind of a intersection of all these kind of different ideas. <clears throat> there there was a, a Dream Park role playing game back in the, the early 90s? Yeah, I wanna say early nineties.
1: Yeah, I looked it up when yeah. I thought about wanting to make it into Savage Worlds. I went to look it up and try to figure out who owned it, uh and and you know I did a little bit of research, not a ton about how to get the rights to it, but it's uh, I didn't really it never got any legs of trying to find stuff because I couldn't really find yeah. who made it and, and who the public, you know, and who the writers were. So I looked, you know, I was going to try to buy it on uh, Noble Night Games and they didn't have it. And it's not easy to come by, mm-hmm. but it, it would make yeah, it would be a lot of fun. I think I need to revisit that book and do do another read of them again. Because it was that one, and then was- and then the Barsoom project. I think was 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 that the second one, or or in in the mix with Dream Park. Was I only it-
0: read the first one, unfortunately, the one about the cargo cults. Okay. It was the only one I ever got to read.
1: But yeah, 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 very, very, very good, and kind of Westworldish a little bit too.
0: Westworld, yes, Westworld is a little bit uh, has a fingerprint on on this idea as yeah.
1: well. Yeah, see, that's what I really
2: love about this new this new era of Savage Worlds and the, all the the open access to publishing now is uh, you know just realizing how long and how hard you have to work to publish one book, let alone a setting and da 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 da. Um, you know, there's not enough time in the day to publish all the ones I you know I want to play or make, and now that other people are doing it, and it's just like you know there's there's so many gaps in um, in the hobby. I think you know the fact that the hobby is still more than fifty percent traditional fantasy, um, that you know there are a lot of a lot of modes of game playing and RPGing that don't have properties or games associated with them yet. And it's really exciting seeing what people do, and whether it's mashups or um, inspirational. But like, yeah, like, like who doesn't want to play a Westworld game now? Or I, I remember thinking, you know, it, we, in, when Inception came out, I'm like, there needs to be an Inception setting. This, this is
0: Inception. That'd be a great setting, right? I, I was always amazed that, that nobody ever came up with a Matrix role playing game.
2: Exactly. No one did how? Matrix and no one did Inception. Did and I'm how? like, those were so tailor-made for, you know, yeah. a sort of non-genre specific, you know, and, and then, yeah, sure, there, there's like a GURPS Bane Storm and there's other kind of bring multiple, you know, like riffs, you know, those concepts. But it, it's a specific version of that, the specific version of of the... Uh, The the non-reality artifice, or virtual reality, whatever you want to call it, um, between Inception and and um, uh, the Matrix, um, that you you know, yes, it could be like a brainstorm where you move from world to world uh, or uh, whatever, but it could also just be a thing where. There is some conceit that you can change the reality around you, and it sounds like you were doing that with with um, hard light. Um, you know, just on the ability, right? Yeah. And those are fun things to play with. Like that is a tool you can export into any other, well, not any other. Like you know, ancient Rome, you wouldn't have it, but I mean, if you did West World, Rome, you know, Roman world, yes, you could. You could play with that little concept you come up with in your setting, and 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 have it, you know, work in, in a different time and a place. And totally, um,
0: and, and I think. I think maybe a little bit of it comes also from my uh, long-time love of Torg, which allows you to play different types of characters in the same group—very different kinds of characters working together. You could have a group where there's a wizard, and you could have a group where there's a. Uh, it also, in the group could be a cyborg, and then like some sort of a jungle lord or something, like that, and they're all working together. And in a in a um, setting like the one you're describing, there, um, like Dream Park or something like that. Or Westworld, you get to say, play the same character. You don't have to come up with a whole new character each time. You have the same character, and now in a, in a different kind of uh, setting, with a uh, with every game, um every time you meet, every new adventure is a new setting. Right? Exactly. And same character though,
2: and and, and yeah. I th- I think back when I was rough roughing out an Inception adventure to run at the conventions, it was very similar. Like the, I think the mechanic I was using at the time was. Uh, and it's, it's similar to some, I guess, how some other games do skinning with, like, um, like I don't know, Eclipse Phase or Altered Carbon, where you have your kind of soul, but then you can mod it. Uh, it was a similar concept oh. to that, where it's like you have your basic character sheet, and then in a given setting, you get a lens you can put on top of it. Um, yeah. So you know the way, like Inception, you know, and uh, Inception didn't have profoundly different lenses, the you know, but you know if you're in the, um, or you know Matrix definitely did, like Matrix you know download Kung Fu, well here you go, here's a lens, you know and suddenly yeah. you can put Kung Fu on right. top of that character, um, which, yeah,
0: right, which I think would be the main problem with a with, with I always wanted to run at least one game of that, and that was one of the challenges I I never figured out how to. Uh, because if you could just download everything and get a D12, that, why not Right, it?
2: That is true, right? <laughs> yes, yes. The, 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 you have to have some you limiting, have like your brain, like this you, the, what, the Johnny Mnemonic uh, issue right. where your brain has only so That's much capacity, and the more you put in it, it leaks. And then the more it leaks, the more it screws uh-huh. with everything else.
1: It's kind and of like a lot of games do with, with cybernetics, that you can only have X amount of cybernetics, right. and if you try to do too I'm much, get- you're going to have issues.
0: Yeah, like you almost have slots or something, and, and sure. yep. um, you, you, your spirit diet tells you how many slots you can have. Of a certain, there's there's different things you could do there, and you'd have to have some kind of limitation,
2: right? And like yeah. a, and in Inception, like versus you know um, West Westworld or The Matrix, um, I think Westworld's kind of between the two. Um, the you know in Inception, none of the characters. Were altered that much from their basic reality and their basic abilities, but the settings were altered majorly. Like you went from a, yeah. a Mission Impossible style, you know, mountain chalet, and then there was a more of a like a noir, meet in a bar, do the you know so that the different levels of it were it was more about changing settings with the same character mm-hmm. and doing so instantaneously i mean you know it, it is a hard cut between the you know uh, mission impossible you know break into the vault uh, in the mountains with like a james bondish uh, Style play to the more you know subtle negotiation uh, social skill tactics where you're at the bar kind of play um, so yeah you know, it wasn't profoundly different but you know you you obviously could be like okay you want to have driving a uh, snowmobile skill on the one you know you, you would definitely add um or whatever you know um, mm-hmm. even if it's just d4 um but you know but it, it, it'd be fun i mean it's, it's so part of the great thing about savage worlds is is, is the modularity and the and the, the universal applicability so why not do it three? you know and the reason i wanted to do it for a con game was like okay con games run 4 hours and you could do an hour each, or three and a half, or three and a half, right? So you could do an hour each in three different random, or not even random, but like three different, vastly different settings, and that would be kind of a fun game. And um, the uh, so I still want to do that. I still on the back burner, but um, you know, I, it's it sounds. I, I, I love your idea with 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 your your uh, custom. set. do you have a name for it? Like, is, is there any any branding yeah, for
0: current, it? Yeah, the current um, names that. I'm, probably going to run with is called the orb which is a reference to the um the large um sphere in the sky in which this happens
2: nice nice. very cool nice i dig it the um let's see oh uh where can people find you uh online so now you know you're you're obviously a working author and rpg creator how do people get in touch with you to throw money at you and make you write cool stuff for them
0: (laughs) well um I have an email address, of course, that um, they're free to contact me at, which is my name. I, I have a really wonderful email address, I have to say. I was very lucky. It's B-R-I-A-N-R-E-E-V-E-S at gmail.com. My name at gmail.com. Um, it has this downside. I get a lot of um, junk mail. Uh, uh, <laughs> to do a lot of there filtering. Are, there are good... There are good two dozen Brian Reeves's out there in the world, and, and they like to use my address every time they sign up for um, a benefits card at, at AutoZone or something,
2: uh, so I end up on a lot of uh, mailing lists, but uh, <laughs> That's it's such a job.
0: great email address that I don't want to give it up. I,
2: right. Um, there, there are comparatively <laughs> many fewer Christopher Landowers in the world, Yeah, but one <laughs> of them is a computer scientist who's working on like AI research. And we both, I think, one of, we both went to the same college, or he's got some credits, so we do get confused when people Google like, "Oh, Christopher Landauer, Stanford." And yeah. um, right. I think one, one of his, uh, Christy Bellman, is a, someone he worked with. And she's a Stanford, so she always they work together. And it, it's gotten to the point where I have actually been invited to their um, Skype calls while they are oh, discussing their white papers, and so my phone oh, right rings. On. Randomly during the day and it's like (laughs) these people are inviting me into their Skype and I'm like I've I've literally written to them saying I am not the Christopher Landauer you think I am and um, they didn't kick me off the list so uh, now I have a rather surprisingly amount of knowledge on AI systems and computer science Um, (laughs) and and, and so I was like maybe I'm just going to troll these guys so they they, they asked me a direct question and so I I get on and start Googling and I did a little computer science in college and um, so, I just gave them back a random answer, and they're like, oh, great insight. And I'm like, once again, I am not the guy who's actually working on your project. I'm a dude in Colorado. Like, you know, please stop inviting me to this phone call. And they still have not taken me off. So, uh, that's crazy. Uh,
0: People have to be really careful about that kind of thing. I, I, get, um, I get documents sometimes, legal documents that are intended for somebody else. And I could open them and look at them. In fact, once I even got uh, uh, tickets, uh, airline tickets. Um, I got a hotel reservation. <laughs> you and, could just show up early. It, and it, it, when I clicked on the link, I could go into the hotel. I could find the name. I could see the address of the person. I could have modified their hotel. I was so tempted to cancel their hotel reservation <laughs> because I was so mad. Right. I'm like, I'm so sick of getting this stuff. But I usually <laughs> just write to them and say, please use the correct email address for heaven's sake. I mean, as much as I would like to go to an opera in New Zealand, which I got, got tickets for one time, uh, I don't think I'll be able to make that one but no oh, if
2: that came with the tickets to the event and the flight oh my god I would I would be tempted to just show up The I, I mean even if it meant you might get TSA might be like oh no you're not actually the primaries we wanted or whatever but I mean hey free trip to New Zealand you go see Hobbit Town that's right in a nice right. little opera I might be yeah. tempted I, I might be tempted or, or you just add another one you add one more ticket onto that little bill and I'd you, be
1: the guy who'd get caught and go to jail
2: <laughs> right well at least it's not t- what was that like broke down palace where like the, the girls get caught in Thailand trying to smuggle hashish and then they're in, like, Thai prison or something like that. Oh, that was <laughs> awful. Um, yeah, but hopefully uh, New Zealand prisons aren't that bad. I mean, that might be fun. You know. Probably not. You could, you, could, you could write a good little biography about it, a little story. My six months in prison in in uh, Kiwiland. Um, well, uh, you'd actually have to get there. They've, you know, yeah.
1: yeah, you'd have to actually make it.
2: Oh, no, if you had to go through, like, Newark and you got, like, or L.A. and you got, you know yeah my life in prison in Newark that would not be nearly as fun. Scratch that idea. maybe it was flying out of somewhere nice like if it was like a Hawaii stopover or something that'd be cool but <laughs> uh, the um well anything else you want to pimp on upcoming projects you are a, it sounds like a very busy man in the industry, so uh, any other projects you want to well, give...
0: Yes, I've kind of suddenly become pretty busy. Um, I'm currently working on uh, a, a long form adventure for Torque eternity with again with uh with daryl daryl hayhurst um i'm doing a bunch of stuff for them um but savage worlds is also one of my biggest loves so i'm I'm incredibly excited to be on this team with uh savage sign this is um what i've wanted for years this kind of this kind of opportunity so um yeah Yeah,
2: it's fantastic well you deserve it brother we appreciate all your help on buccaneer And uh, we're happy to see you getting published again. We can actually um, buy your content in a different format instead of uh, having to publish it ourselves. Yeah, and maybe
1: find find another uh, another, uh, something we can work on together at some point.
2: That'd be great. Well, perfect. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, remember, everybody, the Savage Sign Kickstarter is live now and funded. And uh, so get those stretch goals open. So thanks for joining us, Brian. We appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks. Take care.
1: All right. Have a great one.
2: Savage Cast listeners, we have a super special guest for the first time on the show, and this is actually a crime on our part. We haven't had Mr. Aaron Acevedo on before. What are are we thinking? He is the man who makes all of Pinnacle's books look deliciously fantastic. Uh, Since, what, 2012 you've been on on with Pinnacle as their number one art uh, director layout kind of guy?
3: Yep. Um, That's when I started doing art direction. But uh, I actually have been working with Pinnacle since uh, before
2: Savage World's.
1: Oh, well, we'll have to get the, the story,
2: right? The, the long, long ago, the before time.
1: Yeah. So let me. So let's start off uh, first. A uh, couple questions we always ask everybody. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, how did you get into role playing? What brought you to Savage Worlds? And then I have a specific question after we get those two answered.
3: Okay. Um, well, I started. I'm going to date myself here. I started in the late '70s. Um. I had uh, I was uh, seven or eight years old, and I saw a bunch of older kids playing D anD D, uh, and I was just fascinated by it because they had uh, these maps, you know, uh, the random dungeon maps, and I was like, "Oh man, I could draw that!" And so I got my friends together without having played the game, other than just watching some other kids, and we we decided to play D anD D, which was. Making up a map and, and asking each other which way we wanted to go, left or right, and that was the extent of it. Um, so I would I would doodle all these little maps and uh, finally had the courage to ask the kids to play, and I joined a group in the in the school that you know was like a D and D club, and I was hooked after that.
2: Now, it is kind of amazing, and as an adult, it kind of it, it puzzles me. But how viscerally fun graph paper and maps er, were and are for role playing. And even though now I play a very different style of role playing where it just doesn't matter to me as much, you know, like what the map looks like, I remember just that was just such an important part of the visualization as a kid. The let's yeah, get the graph yeah, so paper sweet. out, right?
3: And I still do maps today, so. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, yeah. So. <laughs>
3: Listening something to it.
1: So, how'd you, how'd you find your way to Savage Worlds?
3: Well, um, I was a, a freelancer for Pinnacle you know, I did some stuff for Deadlands and uh I um wrote some stuff for house supplies with Matt floorback Um and, and a few odds and ends back then. Did some cartography for them. So when Shane was putting Savage World together, I was one of the people he showed it to, um, way back then. To see if I wanted to be a
2: contributor. That so is I fantastic. Savage World before the public.
1: Oh, that's right. very cool.
2: Like Mr. Ground Floor over here.
1: Well, let me ask you. This this leads into my other question. Then, knowing that you were in on the in on the ground floor, what was the first actual Savage Worlds game that you played in? Do you remember?
3: Mm, I don't. Uh, I think I just play tested a few things. Okay. Um, um, we were going to my my gaming group back then, and I were were thinking about putting together a. Um, a campaign um, based on a sci-fi setting that we were working working on, on together. Um so we did some play tests for that. Um but we never actually finished it.
1: Okay. So really I mean just I mean truly ground floor getting in play testing when it was first being developed and those types of things. So you're, you know, you're you're an OG.
3: Yeah, I also did a, a bunch of play testing um for Shine when when Sean uh, and converted it because I was uh, an old-school science player.
2: Wow, these roots run deep. Yeah. So tell, here's, here's an, an off-the-wall the question, because you are an art guy, and um, maybe wax a little philosophical on, what does art bring to role-playing games that text alone can't bring?
3: Well, I mean, they say pictures is worth a thousand words, and um, I believe it's... The art, I think, gets people to pick up the book. And the words gets people to stay with it, you know. So you got to have great art, in my opinion, to uh, to really catch people when they're you know just browsing and looking for something new.
1: Yeah, you've got it. You've got to, especially. I mean, if you're if you're sitting on the shelf at a at a local game store, you know that that piece of artwork is going to be catching people's eye, and like you said, hopefully getting them to at least pick up pick up your book. Okay.
3: Yeah, exactly. It, it made me a fan of Pinnacle because uh, when I saw that Brom cover of Deadlands, I was hooked. I didn't need to know anymore.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, that Brom so cover is I, so I, good.
3: I, yeah, I bought that book and it didn't look back.
2: Yeah, and speaking of covers, the, the cover for The Savage Sign is fantastic. Um, talk a little about, bit about um, which artists worked on it and the kind of the, the concept behind it. Did you... Um, did you have a concept in mind and then hire it out and work on it, or um, you know, there's definitely a, a common theme um, visually? But uh, it's it's a, a very compelling cover. So give us the four one one.
3: It's interesting because um, that cover is done by a very prolific concept artist uh, who goes by Grand Failure, um, and I happen to have a ton of his stuff just sitting around that uh, that I hadn't used yet. So when I was uh, coming up with the concept for the magazine, I just mocked it up and I really really liked it and so I showed it to a few people and the response has been great so I was like oh, that's what I'm gonna use
1: nice oh, so, so, so some artwork that you'd already already had on hand and, and just seemed to work perfect yeah,
3: yeah this is this first issue was basically a proof of concept to see if people would be interested in it um, so I did a whole lot of the work myself um, like all the layout, all the graphic design and the various settings and all that um, just, just to see if, if people would be interested I mean, it's kind of like that. Uh, what Dragon and Dungeon were for D and D back in the day. You know, I've always wanted something like that for Savage Worlds. Yes, so.
1: very much so. And you right know, now. I was a huge. I I I subscribed to both of those magazines. Uh, you know, way before I found Savage Worlds. And when uh, you know TSR went through the whole bankruptcy and moving over to Watsy, and the magazines went out of print for a while, and then came back, and then went digital. You know, I, I miss having that magazine in my hand, and, and with Dungeon and, and and Dragon, I think, you know, they were they were monthly, but they would put out Dungeon one month, Dragon the next, so you had, I think, six, if I, I, I may be completely misremembering, but I thought it was like six, six issues of each throughout the year, and just having that tangible thing, and, and I could tell you, I, I, I've read almost every edition, every issue of Dungeon magazine, and probably haven't run a single adventure out of them but just just to have them and to read them i'm i'm a a a reader i love to read and so it doesn't matter if i'm going to run it and and sometimes that's a bad thing for me because sometimes i'll i'll be reading some things and then somebody will say hey i'm going to run a game and i'll be like "Oh, okay well i'll guess i'll just play dumb because i couldn't keep from reading it not knowing they were going to run it you know that just happened to me we're, we're right now just starting a pulp game and the first adventure, my buddy's running for us. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, no. About 20 minutes in, I'm yeah. like, I've read this. I know exactly what's going to happen. So I, so, I mean, I played my character, but I tried to make no decisions and let all the other players make decisions. So, I know what you're saying there. It's, it, it's going to be exciting yeah, to yeah, have something. To to. Uh, so, I have a, a couple questions. So, so, proof of concept, wanting to see if people wanted this. Um, Couple questions. So I know right now that there is the Savage Explorer out there. How is this gonna? Is this gonna be something that is gonna take the place of the Savage Explorer? Is this is this in addition to the magazine they're putting out? Can you kind of give the rundown on that a little bit?
3: Well, Savage Explorer um, is for official pin- Pinnacle settings, and ours is the original content.
1: Perfect. Okay.
3: That, that's that's the main difference. But we've also made Savage Sign. Um, have stuff that's useful for players or just readers too, where we've got short stories, we've got a comic book, um, and and a lot of other stuff that not just the GMs will use.
1: Perfect, and and that makes perfect sense. I hadn't even thought about Savage Explorer being being all official uh, pinnacle products. So yeah, so that that right there says to me that that these are going to be two different beasts, and you're going to want both yeah. of them. Hopefully, uh, what's your what's your uh, do you have a set page count uh, for what you're planning on on each issue, or is that going to fluctuate?
3: Well, what we're telling everybody is it's at least 96 pages, because we have had a lot of interest from other um, third-party publishers, you know, other aces, that they want to contribute adventures and, and feature features from their settings. So we're giving a little bit of content and space to those guys. That so is until I get all their submissions in, then
1: I, I don't know the exact page count. Okay, all right, yeah, that that's that does sound fantastic. I mean, you know, uh, Chris and I and a bunch of the the guys in in the Rocky Mountain Savages guy we have we have some uh, things going right now, things on the stove that uh, I could see at some point possibly uh, going and uh, and and. Giving you some some, uh, um, proposals and maybe uh, getting some of our stuff in there at some point. So that that's that's really exciting. Yeah,
3: we're always looking. Um, Our editor in chief is Matt Cutter, so uh, old hand at doing uh, Savage World stuff. Yeah, I just saw that.
1: So that's really that's pretty exciting because yeah, he's uh, he's known in the in the Savage Worlds uh, community pretty well.
3: Uh, there'll be a lot of familiar faces uh, especially in this first issue um, there's material from Matt there's material from John Goff uh, from the uh, risk development team uh, Sean Robertson and um, Sean Berger also have stuff in there um, Daryl Hardy has some uh, stuff in there so, so a lot of
2: the old school Pinnacle folks
1: yeah that's pretty exciting version. to know that Daryl is going to be in Daryl's a local guy so we're, we were good friends with Daryl
2: yeah we 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 tried to we did a car interview with Daryl, and we haven't checked the audio yet we might have to it might not make this podcast but we have a lot to talk about with daryl so uh he will definitely if he doesn't make this the cut for this one we'll definitely get him on for uh a s a p um Daryl's this cool guy who's local who the amount of work he's done in the industry versus his ego is so out of line like there are other people who are out of line like they publish like one thing, two things and they think there's just you know god's gift to daryl's like, oh yeah, no, I did that like Wait, wait, dude! You did Ruinbound? You you worked for Fantasy Flight, like when before they were like Fantasy Flight, and you were like the lead developer on this like whole cool board game that people still have in Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like God damn it, yeah, Daryl! you just- uh,
3: D- Daryl was my art director on uh, the Call of Cthulhu card game many, many, many
1: moons ago. Wow, and, and see, I didn't know that. It's right. just so much, so much that that people have done that they just they don't they don't they don't, they don't talk about. So, um, so let's let's uh, I want to ask you this real quick. So the Kickstarter's almost done, so if you've got these people out there who are on the fence and thinking about when they get their reminder, because I know a lot of people click that remind me, tell us a couple things or, or, or give us an idea of, of, from your point of view, why should people who are, are on the fence or who might be waiting, once they get that reminder, you know, why, why should they back Savage Sign? What's, what's it, uh, it going to do for them?
3: Well, it's, it, we like to think of it as a setting incubator, so we're trying out a, a lot of ideas that we really wanted to, to play ourselves, um, and we're, we're just putting a whole bunch of content in there. So you got four brand-new settings, um, a bunch of Savage Tales, some new creature features, um, a new comic book. We've got fiction, and there's going to be a lot more coming in the following issues as well. We're going to continue with the settings that we started here, but we're also going to... Add at least one new setting each issue.
1: Yeah, it's just I mean so you're
3: gonna be able to try a whole bunch of different stuff.
1: Just the, the 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 pure amount of content that you're gonna you're gonna see in this magazine is just it's outstanding. I mean, I was telling uh, Eugene that I am very impatiently waiting for this first issue to come out. I cannot wait. You know, I, I as soon as the Kickstarter was up, I got in there, I backed it. I saw that you guys had a Patreon. You guys are the first and only Patreon that I've ever done. So, I you oh, know you. wanted to get on there and just because I'm so excited about the magazine, you know, and and I wanted to see what what you had on Patreon. So, that was that's pretty exciting. So, um what else uh anything yeah. else you want to kind of kind of hit on? Well,
3: if folks want to check out the Patreon, we're going to start um using it to kind of pull what comes next. Um, since we have so many settings, we, we want to know what people want to see more of. So we'll be talking about that a lot on the Patreon. And also there's a link for our Discord server. Um, if folks want to just you know chat with the developers and, and hang out or even play games, we get it set up to play games too.
2: Yeah, so give us your online contacts. Where can people find your Patreon and your Discord server um, Twitter, Facebook, whatever other good you know social platforms. Where do they find the Savage Sign and uh, the Sigil? Which is actually, we'll talk about Sigil a little bit more after this. But yeah, give us plug your where people can find you and get in contact with you.
3: Well, um, our main website is uh, sigil.info, and um, there's a ta- uh, tab right on the main page for Savage Sign, which has links to everything. So
2: that's the best way to find us. Nice. That's very concise. One-stop
1: one, one shop and just right. go find everything right there. That make, makes it easy for folks. Yeah. I like that.
2: So so beyond the the ambitious putting out four new settings and another setting and another product, well, uh, it's quarterly, you're hoping, right?
1: Right.
2: Yeah, that's that's amazingly ambitious. We are we're our, our little SWAT setting, we're planning on kickstarting it in a year from now. <laughs> you know, in twenty twenty. And uh yeah, and then delivering it they you know, in that year and, and you're putting out stuff every quarter. That's amazing. Um, tell us about what sigil does and and how other um nascent publishers can use your services to help uh improve the quality of their products. Oh yeah, good good very
1: important question.
3: Okay, yeah. Um well Sigil's been around since 2005. Uh, it started as just me uh, and, and me doing art services for folks. Um, but we've we've grown quite a bit since then. Um, I think we last count, we have like 80-plus active artists on the roster. And um, we, we're a an art production studio. We do art, layout, graphic design, anything to do to make a book, we do it.
2: We also do some video editing as well. Nice. So yeah, the, the slew of services. If you do not have in-house art or have never done that, um, the you basically cut out a sigil, and, and you guys have um, you know a basic price sheet, and then sigil gets a percentage of what your big art budget is um, for the management of that, and then you just take care of everything. So literally. Uh, developers can deliver you a manuscript and you make the magic happen so it looks like something that can be printed and and be uh, published online and all that good stuff
3: yeah we um we could we could take your text document and make your book
2: that is fantastic so i'm going to be this is a risky question we're going to be off the cuff here and we might cut this out but um I had an idea for a product last night um, while it was like 3 o'clock in the morning when I was out driving and talked to Fox about it for about three minutes. But um, we're going to run it by you right now. And this will be a maybe this will be an interesting little bit of of audio for our listeners on. how concepts be- can become reality and working with other professionals because, obviously, Aaron is much more professional than we are, but um, <laughs> we are, we're putting our, our little toe we're in pretending. the We're pretending. Yeah, we're pretending. We, we're putting our toe in the hot tub. So what do you think of this idea? And, um, uh, yeah, and we know you're the guy for it. Because, and this idea is
1: now copywritten, so right? no yeah. one steal our idea. Exactly.
2: We're taking it. But um, we figured <coughs> that on the road to publishing SWAT, we would come out with a product that we would we, do sooner they probably wouldn't need to be kickstarted, but um, we'll call it dual, and we are going to come up with um, Savage Worlds mini mechanics, you know, kind of modular mechanics like the GM toolbox in, in Suede, for doing various sorts of duels, everything from. You know, uh, like Olympic wrestling, where it's one-on-one physical, to a gun duel, to a fencing duel, to a lightsaber duel, to a, I mean, a a laser sword duel, and uh, don't, don't. And he had
1: mentioned rock paper scissors. Right,
2: right, rock paper scissors, and then you know, kind of all the way up, and 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 the the concept we have for this for the cover is is you guys did an amazing job on the cover for Flash Gordon, and. The Flash Gordon concept cover has kind of got the the good guys versus the bad guys kind of all facing off against each other, and there's a, a really good amount of force perspective. And this was our concept, and we're going to uh, see if this will, this will work and how we can get this done um, with your art team. The... I love that forced perspective, kind of the 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 very you know uh centered vanishing point, and you kind of have you know the the nearest characters, you just have just their face, and then the characters in the background, it's like a full body, and they're facing off against each other, you know, left side of the page versus the right side of the page. Um our concept for the cover of Duel would be in the in the way back, you've got the 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 two you know 1920s bare knuckle wrestlers or boxers, and then you get the 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 increasing distance between how how much distance you have between your dueling partners so it's like the the wrestlers the boxers the rock paper scissors the um, foil and epi guys the laser sword guys the shooter guys and they so they're just further and further apart as you're doing these two person duels. Um, how, would that work for a cover? And what would we what would we be looking at? Like, you know, would, would we be able to like reuse the art on that? Like, do it in layers? You know, was like, you know Pinnacle kind of did it, something cool with that. How would we make that a reality? Um, what, would you, what would you what would you give us for tips on art direction and, and getting that done with Sigil?
3: Well, I, I think the idea is pretty cool, um, and it might be interesting to do it where you start like the furthest back in time to come up to the modern. So, you've got the really old school kind of duels, and then you work your way forward to like, you know, your sci fi type of kind of duel. I think that would be kind of cool.
2: Nice. I like that. Yes.
3: We had the pleasure of working with Aaron Riley for um, the Flash Gordon cover, and he is uh, amazing. I just want to throw that out there a little name drop because he has uh, he done some great covers for us. He's uh, one of my favorite artists. Um, but yeah, so if you had us develop it, we would uh, start with. Doing some concept sketches just to make sure we're on the same page. Um, once you guys are happy with that, we would move on to doing a uh, color rough, just so, you, and then we share that back and forth. And then once that's approved, we would go on to do the final. And um, and then we would send that to you and get get feedback, and then uh, finish
0: it
2: up. Nice. So, um, you know, uh, I, I know this is putting you on the spot, but if if we wanted to get like uh like like and, and Aaron Riley his his portfolio is just gorgeous um and so pretty, pretty much everybody you guys use, you, know, you guys got a really good eye for talent um but you know I, I love his stuff especially and uh if so if we wanted to do um something along those lines where we have got eventually there would be oh uh, let's say uh you know 10 different you know characters um you know five five different duels or more yeah five different duels 10 different people um and worthy of a cover but then also you know individual character character designs you could pop out on the individual individual pages so you know uh, one great background for the cover but then you know you pop out the individual duels on on pages and put in a new background for them that's a little more it not the universal one on the cover but you know like the the 19 you know or 1890s boxers would be you know in a any boxing ring and the you know the laser sword people would be on a cool volcano planet where someone has the high ground or whatever um, what do you think that would run? Like I, what would, what would our budget need to be going in figuring we want a really good, nice full painted digital or otherwise cover. And then, you know, with what, like 10 characters and then, um, you know, six different um, background, full page pieces to accompany, you know, like art on the left, you know, stat blocks on the right on how you'd run that duel. Um, what would our budget be like? How much uh, milk money would we need to save, uh, do you think, for a project about that size? So maybe a booklet that's, you know, 20 pages, 30 pages. Um, half of that is our, you know, at least five full page and a really nice cover front and back. What, what, what's our ballpark?
3: Well, if you're, um, the one thing is your cover artist, the price will vary depending on who you choose um, because somebody like Aaron Riley or or Jason Engel or, or some of our top guys, they charge a whole lot more than, you know some of our you know middle experience folks so um, that would be individually based on the artist but if we're just going uh, ballpark with our standard crew um you're looking at uh, about three hundred a page for you know like your backgrounds and all that good stuff uh, for your for your full pagers and um, individual characters are usually uh, seventy five to one hundred bucks depending on, on how complex the thing is and, uh, and, and how you need it. Um, so tally up all your characters, tally up all the number of your backgrounds, um, and do, uh, 300, 300 for the full pages, a hundred for the uh, characters. That'll give you a good, good ballpark for your interior. Um, and then the covers usually run between, uh, I would say 600 and, you know, up to the, 15, 2000, depending
2: on which artist it is. Right, and that, that kind of fits, that's, uh, you know, definitely in the ballpark for exactly what, what, you know, another project we're working on with another, you know, if the artist has a bigger name than you do, <laughs> you're going to have <laughs> to pay them yep. some good money, right? And um, yeah, yeah. Right, sure. and, and and so you know, it's, it's definitely. I mean, art is not inexpensive, and you know, as, as a lot of people said, that, you, usually it's it's probably one of the bigger investments you make in the book. I think the
1: and very important.
2: You know, the, the current rates for writing are between, and at least in the RP industry, like between three and five cents a word, and um, right. and so you know, a book the size, you know, a, a larger book might be fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars for you know, a lot of you know, substantial words. But you know, again, the the art is one of those things where. Um, that's the reason people are going to hit pay now. And, um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, that's, you you need that. It, it is the the kind of the soul of your work. Um, you know, the, the bone structure is definitely how good your writing is, um, but it doesn't move. It doesn't move without the art. You know, the art is what makes it um, come alive. And uh, so, you know, any of you other, you know, nascent publishers out there, um, you know, we're spilling a little bit of the beans on you know wh- how much money you really need to save before you start one of your projects, and uh, you know, and it's not insignificant, but it's definitely not um, you know out of the budget if you you know put put, my, put some money aside and say, hey, this is going to be you know a next six months project. Can I do without a Starbucks for the next six months, and that will fund all the art I need for a project, and um, you know, or something like that. Like I, I think it's. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's definitely doable for the, the the new guys, and even more so when you got a guy like Aaron who has got all this experience and everything looks so professional. Um, like for instance, I'll, I'm not going to name which jump start, and Aaron didn't work on it, so it's not one yours, but it was gorgeous, gorgeous jump start. But then I got to the text, and I'm like, oh, this text is just not up to the standard of the layout and the art, and um, it, was, it was an interesting dichotomy because. It, no one else is really making those comments online, and everyone else, was like, oh my god, this is amazing! This is great! I want to play it, and like that. To, to me, then that that makes it a success. I mean, you know, if, if the people look at it and say, "I want to play that," um, you know, that it's done its job. The layout and the art has done its job, and the text can always be fixed and edited you know, along the way. But um, you know, you you can't just nudge crappy art into great art. It kind of has to. You got to you got to find the people who have the talent. Um, off the get-go so i think we're gonna we're gonna hire you erin we're gonna we're gonna do dual we're gonna put it out and uh you know it'll kind of be one of our, our little previews for swat just on you know hey guys you know we can actually do this publishing thing and um so yeah no we'll we'll keep it on your back burner obviously we won't bug you with it until you get the the sign done because we want the sign in our in our mailboxes asap and uh and we know just kind of how monumental of a job that is but
1: um so do you have an idea of of like uh when people can maybe even even if it's just the PDF when people can kind of expect that first issue?
3: Yeah, we're uh, shooting for March. Um we we have the text written. Um it's being edited by Matt and um I've done the base layout on it. He's editing directly in InDesign for this last pass. Um we have the majority of the art in. Um, I would say maybe seventy-five percent, and uh, and I've done already done all the graphic design and all that stuff, so it's excellent. Not going to take too long to get the first one out, and I also have quite a bit of content for the second issue already because uh, the guys are really enthusiastic, and I got a bunch of extra Savage Tales for each of the settings and stuff like that.
2: Well, you are definitely marshalling the troops in an impressive manner. So uh, here's just a random question. How do you find the hours in the day? Because you... Um, are working on Pinnacle Project. And Pinnacle is coming out with a number of new books now. And next year, there's another big announcement about Deadlands and get, all getting redone. And um, everybody who's hiring you guys out. And you're also putting this out quarterly, which is an amazingly uh, almost superhuman schedule. So uh, where do you find the time? Is it, is it, is it delegation? Is it, how, do you, how do you manage that, that level of throughput for um, creative content?
3: Um, I live at my computer, is the short answer. Um, but, yeah, we have a great team. uh Alina Saxon, who, who uh, is, is the assistant art director um, for Pinnacle, and she's basically my art director for Sigil. Um, she is amazing. She has, keeps crazy weird hours like me and, and loves doing this stuff. Um, so she's a really big help. Uh, we're doing, like, all the Savage Worlds uh, Adventure Edition stuff. Uh, all the tour stuff. We're doing the new Talisman RPG, um, and a, and a handful of other stuff. All the Rift books. Uh, if if she wasn't around, I don't, I think I would go insane. She she's really organized and she helps keep me reined in a bit. But uh, I I put in a lot of hours. So I'm not gonna lie.
1: I was gonna say, but it, it's it's a good busy, right?
3: Oh, right. Yeah, I I I, I love it. I, I you know I cannot complain. Even though I do go crazy sometimes with with crazy hours,
1: right? Uh, yes, right. But yeah, it seems it's like seems, seems like you're doing something you love, and that helps. Yeah, I sure do. So, are we yeah.
2: ever going to see you out here in Colorado at one of our conventions? I mean, we are the hub of Savage Worlds fandom. So,
3: yeah, I would like to. Uh, I've been hearing great things about it from from the rest of the pinnacle crew for a long time. Uh, I usually only make Gen Con. I'm kind of a, kind of a hermit. <laughs> All guys time I started working, uh, the stuff is. Uh, used to be a little shy, but, um, yeah, I I wouldn't mind doing it.
2: Yeah, maybe next year we'll figure out a way to, like, do, like, a big art showcase. We can bring out some of the artists and um, some of the other pinnacle people who haven't been out yet. So, um, yeah, yeah, keep us in mind for next February because uh – That'd be, that'd be awesome. The, um, well, we know you're a busy man because obviously you have like 19 different projects that are all in the pot. So we'll let you get back to it. But thank you for finally joining us on the Savage Cast, Aaron. And uh, we look forward to actually sure. working with you, you know, writing you some checks and getting back some art and all yeah, that good stuff.
3: Sounds great. I'm happy to help.
1: Excellent. Well, thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks.
3: Thanks for talking about this stuff for us, guys. All yeah. right, We Absolutely. really appreciate it. Everybody,
1: thanks for listening to Savage SavageCast. Uh, I think it's a great episode, lots of good interviews. Uh, I wanna, we've asked everybody else for their contact information, so I think we should probably throw ours out there here. Uh, you can get us at uproar at savagecast.com. Send us emails, ideas, show ideas. We can always use new show ideas. I've said this before. There's uh, only so much that uh, you, your little brain can come up with for shows, and then you start repeating yourself. So give us some show ideas. Uh, Find us on Facebook. Uh, Not the Google Pluses anymore. So Uh, sad. We're we're on Twitter. Uh, We never touch it. We never tweet. But, uh, you know, send us a tweet. Uh, I still get uh, notifies on that. So if you want to... tweet at us that'd be great but yeah contact us let us know what you think uh give us a review on itunes we'd love to see some five-star reviews i don't know haven't looked at reviews for a while not sure how many we have up on itunes but that would help people find us and again uh thanks for listening to savage cast